So you're a freelancer. I want you to. I want you to start by sort of like telling me how 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 my life is going to go. <laughs> how how your life is going to go? Yeah. Well, you know the the weird the weird thing of being home in the middle of the day and sometimes not having anything to do with yourself. Uh, it's it's. I mean, I think that like. I mean, at least in like the big cities, you know, I think we're all kind of we're all kind of freelancers now. (laughs) You know, I I don't I don't know many people who have one job and even the people I do who have one job, they're not especially happy with that one job and they're constantly looking for something else. I think that it's just kind of this is this is what it is. It's, It's a little bit at a time. It's it's, you know. It's, for lack of a better term right now, hustling. You, you, you go from one thing to the next constantly. And you have to be, you know? That's, it's, uh, that's just the way that the world is right now. Like, everybody knows now... I mean, I remember thinking, like, when the recession hit, every, like, all of the actors I know were kind of like, well, now the world knows how we feel. Hmm. <laughs> because they're always struggling, you yeah. know. They're always trying to go from one thing to another. They're always going from from this to to that. They're always, you know, trying to desperately like scramble to keep things up. And uh, and and they were like, well, now the rest of the world knows what it's like for for us because everybody else now is looking for these jobs that you you don't that just aren't there that aren't there anymore. Um, it's really hard. I do think a lot of times you have to think. You have to think long term. You have to think, okay, what can I do right now? Can I, you know, can I write a think piece or can I write a play? Mm. You know, and you have to think long term for yourself. But at the same time, you also need to sort of cover your tracks and think, okay, but also I need to get paid. Yeah, well, you've, you know? you've got the, the this book coming out in the in a, in a few months. Yeah, I do. I and, do. And when 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 did you actually finish the thing? Um, uh, let's see. Well, I finished it uh, about a year ago, and uh, it took me about nine months officially to write. They asked how long I could take to write it, and I said, "Well, nine months is about how long it takes to create a human." Uh-huh. So uh, that that seems. I don't know. I think in sure. metaphor. So I, I, yeah, I think in metaphor. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is this is the way that it is, and uh, and I did. And afterwards, I got really depressed. <laughs> so that's also yeah, you po- know, postpartum. Yeah, it yeah. was very much postpartum. And all my friends who've written books were like, oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, well, I can't. I, you know, I I am. And this is coming from somebody who's you know had a full time job for a while, yeah. and now I'm just sort of, sort of like flailing in the wind at the moment, but. Um, I'm very used to the online publishing schedule and yeah. immediate gratification, and I can't. Totally. I cannot imagine because I mean, you were, you were writing essays, but is this is this yeah. all original for the book? Um, it's all yeah, it's all original for the book. It's all there. Are, I mean, I think I know there are lines that I've said before, yeah. and there might be like paragraphs <laughs> yeah. that I've that I've said before. It's like trying out your stand up routine. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say there is. It's totally like that, um, and I definitely have like have sayings and catchphrases. I would say, but I. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This was like, this was, this was, um, this was mostly new material because I kind of hate it when people like just kind of hit print and then sell their book. You know, I, I, I feel like that's cheating mm-hmm. in a way. And uh, I have very high standards <laughs> for myself in a way, at least in terms of creating work and creating things. Like it takes me forever to write a blog post because I'm I'm going over it and I'm reviewing it and I'm looking it over, over and over and over again. I'm very much a perfectionist. And then, of course, the second that I do that, uh, I have a bunch of comments going, by the way, you misspelled this, you yeah. misspelled this, I think you meant this, you know. And I'm like, 
Okay, you're like a big guys. picture thinker. You, I, I do the same thing. I, I miss I miss a lot of the small details yeah. in the process of making sure everything's perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I would think in some ways that I that I that I'm a little too detail oriented. Yeah. I'm I'm very much focused on on the little things. I'm very much you know and and it's not even seeing the forest for the trees. It's seeing a piece of bark for the trees. You know, like I obsess over one detail, and that's always kind of been. I don't know. Maybe maybe I think too big and too small. <laughs> have you gotten better about reading your own work though? Yeah, I have. I used to I used to not like to do it. I used to be like, okay, it's out. It's done. But now I kind of like it because it's sort of like it's almost like I guess it is it, it is in a way like like having children probably, although I've never had children, so I don't know. But it's kind of like everyone they're listening who has children, they're like, Yeah, they're like, No, like not at all. Like, not at all. But I, I like I understand it was hard to write that piece, but Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean I mean listen, I have cats uh, <laughs> that wake me up in the middle of the night. Uh no, but it's it's kind of like um yeah, I think it's sort of like I look at uh I look at like uh, and and here I told you I got easily distracted. What were we saying? Um, I I think it's sort of Reading like I, work, I can look yeah. at it and I'm just like, whoa, look at this thing I made. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like this this thing like came from me. That's weird. And and other people are reading it now, and it's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to me. And so, which is funny because I have the exact same opposite. I I, I have the exact opposite reaction when I was young, reading anything I did. Or God forbid, looking at anything that I would had acted in, that just made me miserable. I didn't like that at all. Yeah, I mean, I think we all contain multitudes, and and I think like go, me going back and reading my writing is probably it's a really good in- encapsulation of who I am because you know at the same time, especially when I'm writing it and I'm just like every I, I'm firing on all cylinders and mm-hmm. all, I'm, you know, like you're making all these connections, you're piecing the puzzle together. You're like, I am the greatest genius in the history of the world. And then it comes out and you go back and read it. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, garbage. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I, like, I, especially I, I, you know, I, I'm thankful that a lot of the stuff I was doing early on in my um, quote unquote professional career was through actual magazines. So it doesn't exist online. Yeah. I'm really glad that the newspaper that I was writing for at my college does not exist online. Um, I can't, I can't imagine going back and reading things that I wrote like even like 10 years ago would, would absolutely kill me. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely difficult. I mean, I look back on just the things that I did a few years ago on my, on my blog and I'm like, Oh God, like yeah. what the hell was I thinking? And I actually think at some point I'm going to need to write a blog post about that, <laughs> about, about how I go back and I, like, I, I'm just so embarrassed about what I wrote, but, uh, but I just kind of, I have to, you know, I think that also there's not a lot of, like, there's there's not a lot of, we really don't like people to change, or we don't allow mm. people to change, you know? I, I feel like we don't, I and that's the thing that I, like, I'm going to keep those articles up because I want to show that, like, I'm not... Yeah, I said some dumb things a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that anymore. I mean, there's nothing on there that's, like, holy, you know... No, offensive like, super, super or hurtful or, yeah <laughs> no there's nothing like that it's just <laughs> embarrassing there's just a little there's just a little like yeah. you know there's just, just stuff that's a little bit embarrassing or like there's you like know, hyperbole i mean and there's, yeah there's you know, hyperbole there's me like making reference to the big bang theory you know stuff like the that tv show or the actual theory? the actual tv show as as a joke and i knew yeah. even then like but people people get really mad about that show and i like i don't watch it but i don't understand 
the hate actually i do understand the hate the hate is that it's uh this is this is you know this is i've i've heard the the term nerd blackface which is an incredibly messed up term uh you know i and people are like they're home, you know they're they're making fun of our yeah. culture and it's you know blah 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 <laughs> and i'm like oh my god grow up okay i'm sorry if you if you have a problem with it's like depiction of you know non neurotypical people okay i can understand that but like Honestly, get over yourself. Nerd you lives know? matter, though. Oh, God. <laughs> well, honestly, the thing is, though, that the people that I know that actually did find that show funny, at least in the first few years, were, like, my brother who worked at Caltech, yeah. where it took place, or, like, my ex-boyfriend who was a, you know, UC Berkeley-educated mathematician. Like, dorks, like, like real hardcore nerds and scientists actually were like, huh, that's just funny. I think you're describing, like, the, the great pop cultural phenomenon of our time right now. You know, yeah. I was like... I'm, I just had I have a book over there. I just had uh, Glenn Weldon from NPR on. He just wrote this book about Batman, and and a lot of it's basically about like what happens when that becomes popular culture. Yeah. And you know, um, when when you know, there's a movie out right now about Batman fighting <sighs> Superman. Like what? Yeah. I mean, you know that obviously well, signing side but but what what do the nerds even have to complain about anymore because well, they get literally and everything they want all the time well yeah but it's a it's a tribal thing it's yeah. everybody wants to feel like it's their little thing that they belong you know and that's something that i mean i i definitely had that experience too being like i'm a girl and i like monty python and star wars and then i met more people who did and then i found out that everybody kind of does and now yeah. i'm just kind of like oh, okay yeah. You know, all, all right. And this is, this is, you know, and I sort of grew out of it and I found my own things. And I mean, everybody now, I think, I think like what it is to be a nerd is to find, is to find, in, in to be a nerd in the traditional sense, I would say, is to like be really into things that other people kind of look at you strangely for. Like nobody is going to make, uh, like I'm right now I'm super into uh Soviet animation especially like Soviet stop motion animation mm -hmm. and like nobody is going to make a you know Zack Snyder is not going to make an adaptation of Cheburashka the, you know probably not you know after 300 it's, yeah it's hard to say. yeah like that's that's the thing yeah. you know and so you 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 find those things but yeah comic books and everything I understand that I understand it's it's you know it's not yours anymore it belongs to the world I'll, but you you have to get over that you know but but all but also you know and and I hate being this person and I'm trying to be you know like more more mindful in life and more appreciative of things but it's um it's there's just something really like cathartic and purifying about just complaining about stuff oh on no the totally internet. there totally is there is there is but I mean you know I've I've tried to like right now I feel like I'm always on a self improvement kick, yeah. like not not in a not in a like you know bookstore self help kind of kind of way. Although I think if that works for you, you know I hate it when people hate on other people for trying to improve themselves. Um, but I think like I always want to be a better person. That is, this tea is really good. I also I always want to be a better person. I always want to to figure out ways that I can make myself you know suck less. Yeah. And and so I I think that like one of one things I've told myself is like. Don't talk about things you don't like. Hmm. Unless it's like with close friends. So what you're saying is if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all? No, not necessarily because I think that you can critique something in mm -hmm. an interesting way, but I think that most people don't. I think if you're just talking about something you don't like and you have no, you know, ways on like how things could be changed or mm. how things could be improved or anything, then just then why are you talking about it? Nobody cares. I think also a lot of times you need to th realize you didn't think about what you're talking about because a lot of times nobody cares. 
you know, well, and, talking- and, and it's very reflexive most of the time, you know, it's just, it's, 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 you watch a 10 second trailer online and you just, you know, you, you have the forum to post to the world. Well, yeah, you do. The thing is that, that, you know, the internet is kind of, it's, it's, it's made, it's made, and, and God knows I love the internet for, for all it's done, but, uh, I, it, it, it has made social interactions much different and it's made people think that everything they say matters because they can say it, you know? But the thing about talking and, and exchanging and communicating is these things are all about, it's all about, you know, it, contact with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily something you have on the internet. You just put something out there to put something out there. It's your voice out there without considering the other people, without considering the audience. And I see this in a lot of, like, I, I've seen this in a lot of theater lately. I think things have gotten a lot more insular because you can write just for yourself right now. And I do think yeah. that there's a value in writing for yourself, but I think that most of that stuff you should keep in your diary. You know, I, I don't I don't know necessarily if you should put it out into the world. I mean, I wouldn't anyway, but I know people do. So who are you? Well, you know, let's let's take the, the, the book, for example, because it's rel- relatively fresh in your mind. Um, yeah. Who is that for? I mean, in a sense, obviously, it's for you. And these are things that, that I assume that you felt like you needed to kind of get out of your system and get on yeah, the paper. It totally is. But the thing is that and I've, I've asked myself, who is this for? Um, I do have. I have like something of a of a girl army I found. I have <laughs> I have, you know, these these like I'd say like 16 to 30 year old young women who grew up feeling like they 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 all very much I I mean I played Matilda in a movie and they all identified with Matilda. A, a movie called Matilda. In a movie called Matilda, yes. <laughs> um and it was it was uh they they identified with her because she she did not feel understood by her family, by her peers. Mm. Uh and she made a family for herself and she did these things by working hard and and reading on her own and getting this power that was in her and using the negative things in her in her life to to power her and to move on and so it was this inspiring story and i think that also we were just like girls have been starving for stories about interesting girls, you know, that there weren't, there weren't very many that they could actually identify with that weren't like the joke or the nag, you know, mm-hmm. like Lisa Simpson always off on our soapbox or like Meg Griffin just being a perpetual joke, you know, all of these, these like nerdy girls, you know, all these girls who, who felt like, and I also think, I mean, I think that, that a lot of it is, I think as a woman, you're sort of socialized, and maybe this is getting better, I don't know, but as a woman, you're socialized to believe that the first and foremost thing that you should be is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Matilda and these, these characters and this kind of archetype was, no, you should be smart and, smart and work hard. And so that was a different value system. So these are girls who grew up with that kind of different value system of, oh, I, I can do this. I can, I can want to learn and read and I can want to do this. And these are a different, these are a different thing. So, and I think, think that I kind of very much felt like that too. Even if I hadn't ever played Matilda, I definitely felt like I, I knew that I wasn't one of one of like the pretty girls, and you know, if girls are are you know want to be beautiful, want to be do these things, it's very much a good for her, not for me kind of thing. You know, if you want to be a model, that's a job like any other. Uh, but I think that there there is that sort of group of girls, and I think that they that I was one of them too, and so it's kind of me writing this saying. I know who you are. Yeah. And this has been my life. And my whole life, I've always felt like 
I was, I mean, I was born the first girl in uh, a house full of three brothers. So my first experience growing up was desperately trying to get them to not leave me out of things, Mm -hmm. desperately trying to be included. And that was my first, you know, and I guess I'm a big believer in psychodynamics or anything because I feel like I've seen that play out in my life over and over again, me being like, okay, I don't fit in here, but can I find a way to? Yeah, I, I, I think that's just a part of being a person. I don't know that I've ever quite felt, you know, I, I've never had that um, that Pinocchio experience of like, you know, walking out of the pirate ship and immediately feeling like this was a place that I've been missing out on, on all along. I think you always feel yeah. a little slightly off, especially when, you know, I mean, whether it's a, a social clique or in this case, like your family, like there were all of these existing dynamics before you got there. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think that it's, it's sort of the... I've heard like with with storytelling and with writing about your life, the more specific you get, the more universal mm. it is. Yeah. And that I found is is kind of that I found is is sort of what I what what I'm I'm going for with this. It's I have, funny because like you know in in your life you have some experiences that probably aren't very relatable for most people. No, they aren't. And see, that's the thing. It's it's very much. I mean, I go very much into the specifics of like being the only child on the set of Melrose yeah. Place. You know, and things like that. Which is the thing I would say most people probably can't relate to. Yeah, that and that's but that's the thing, and it's it's very and that's so that's kind of what that's that's what my book is is taking these very specific yeah. things and having them be universal, you know, and and uh, and and working with that. So that's that's uh, that's what it is, and it's all different stories, and some are funny and some are sad, uh, most are somewhere in between, you know. I'm and and that I think is. It's it's for anybody who ever felt like consciously... I mean, maybe some people don't think about that consciously, but I guess it's sort of aimed at anybody who's ever been like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Because, and I think that's a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know that I want necessarily want to interact with the people who haven't felt that at some point. Well, yeah, you know, it's... it's uh, Football players, well, I for think it's I think it's like... I think it's like... Uh, you know, I think that it's sort of... I think it's more like like they they just don't examine it, you know. This yeah. is definitely a a I mean like I'm 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 openly neurotic, you know. And I'm I'm and that's something that I think is is, you know, there too. It's it's uh I think that people need to be more open about these things, about their, you know, their their own neuroses and things. I don't know. It's it's uh I think I want people to know also that it's okay to be neurotic. That you I like have the idea of being out that. of the closet. An out of the closet neurotic. Oh, totally, totally. You have to own it. Yeah. You know, you have to own it, and and that's because you have no choice. You know, <laughs> and I think that it's something that people need to be need to be talking about more. You know, and you know, but I mean, and and you need to be doing that to some degree because you know you are writing about yourself. I mean, you th- yeah. that, that is sort of the path that you've laid out for yourself that, that a lot of these things you're writing are about you well yeah yeah and I mean even if I never were if I never specifically addressed it there's an undercurrent of like nervousness and perfectionism in my writing mm. you know I, I think there's there's always I'm I'm talking about I'm always talking about like you know my hands shaking my hands sweating me you know feeling nervous me getting like having an upset stomach me like you know like eating nothing but like saltines and seltzer you know i think it's it's very much it's very i mean it's i i know i know it's like very stereotypically jewish but uh but it's you know that's 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 who i am 
And I think that there are a lot of other people like that out there too. Is is the process of writing is that is that a nervous process? Oh, yeah. Is that that's a stressful process for you? Um, does it? I mean, well, it, does it ever come easily? It, yeah, it can be. There were some stories. There's sometimes where it it just. There's some times where it just it just very much comes out. Um, I've always had an easy time writing dialogue. Mm. Um, and I think it's because I spent yeah. the first 10 years of my life just listening in on other people's conversations because I was surrounded by older brothers and my mom who talked all the time. And reading and, dialogue in front of a camera, I'm and sure reading, that played a role. And, and yeah, and reading dialogue. I mean, the first things that, like, I, I read scripts. That's what I did. I read scripts. And a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, times if you if you see a play with good dialogue or realistic dialogue, they started out as an actor first. Mm. I think like Tracy Lutz is a really good example of that. August Osage County has some really good dialogue in it because he started off as an actor. Mm-hmm. So he knows how people talk and he knows how actors talk and how people don't talk, you know? And so that's, that's something that I, and, and being on sets also surrounded by adults all the time. When you're surrounded by adults all the time, you pick up on big words, you pick up on uh, dirty words, you mm-hmm. pick up on all kinds of stuff. So that's, that's very much something that I, I took to. I one of one of my own sort of you know ongoing self betterment projects is is trying to just kind of write you know yeah, just just totally. write freely write with you know I'm very used to writing for assignment or writing on a specific topic and I just I've not been able to I feel like it might have been easier at some point in my life I don't, yeah. that might just be like the sense that you have that everything is constantly getting harder but but you know it definitely feels I feel like, like everything's getting easier for me but then I've had a well I, I my life I kind of had a backwards life so yeah I, I, from, from the standpoint of from the standpoint of, of like of writing and, and 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 being free about it and just being able to not not being as like hypercritical about the things that I, yeah. that I was writing I'm, I'm not able to do that right now I'm trying to sort of you know I, I haven't done I, any creative writing in a long time I think time, people should should write more and publish less if you know mm. what I mean yeah which is the exact opposite direction of where we're going yeah totally and that's the, something that I I have a problem with too like it's way easy for me to write you know to to put like funny yeah. tweets out into the world than it is for me to to you know actually sit down and write you know an essay let alone a play or whatever you know and I and I have to remind myself of that constantly like don't always go for the short term yeah I mean what, what's the you know the, the saying you know you uh, you write for yourself and you edit for everybody else is that a saying I feel I like know. I haven't heard that but it should be it should I, be a I, saying if it, it is now it's yeah. on. It's on a podcast. Well, I also worry a lot about these things because I, I, uh, it's on a podcast, and the whole <laughs> world will know it. Um, I, I worry about people who, who just kind of put their, you know, have this sort of, like, um, thank you, people who, who just kind of put their, uh, their, their feelings out there. You know, there's there was yeah. a big talk about like. Um, and I don't know. I'm I'm a bleeding heart. Like my my little sister says says to me, uh, "You're kind of like a big sister to the world," hmm. and I kind of am. Like I worry a lot about young writers and and a lot of you know, especially young women writers and I and and young actresses out there. I'm always just like I always just want to like take them out for tea and be like, "Yeah, so how are you doing, honey?" You have know, you, have you done is, that with with young actresses? Um. Not really, not officially, you but I know that big some sister have, program. For... I really, you know, I I think I could, and this is a thing. Like I've been thinking, if I'm ever, because I I think I would like to write uh, for a TV format, mm. and I'm thinking if there are ever any young actresses on there, I I want to like 
take them aside and and be like you need to check in with me like like please let me let me be i will be accountable for it because like like very young actresses child actresses because like listen if you ever need anybody to talk to about these things i've probably been through a lot of the things you've been through or i know people who have so please check in with me so let let, you know let's say you're writing your 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 self-help book for young actresses right now i mean are there any are there any like real kind of key takeaways uh let's see i i think that um basically what would you not do again is maybe the question you need people to tell you when you're wrong yeah you need somebody there to tell you when you're wrong and it's hard because a lot of times their parents got them into this Mm -hmm. so their parents are going to encourage any kind of i mean uh what's her name Dinah Dina Lohan is is the you know mm. is is the perfect example of somebody who put her Lindsay's mom yeah, yeah who put her who put her daughter into you know dangerous situations because she saw that as you know success and and that's really hard you need people to tell you you're going to have people around you all the time telling you uh, telling you that you know you're great and you're this and you're that and people who are afraid to tell you no. You, you need somebody to tell you no. Not somebody to control you and say, you can't do this, you can't do that, but somebody to say, I don't think that's a good idea. You know? How, how did you turn out all right? How did I turn out all right? Um, well, well, thank you, first of all. Um, I, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're here and you seem, you seem reasonably well put together. I, I, you're I'm lucid, books. usually. Yeah. Um, you can't always find the uh, the address that you're looking for, but we, I can't, we've all been in that. I can't, but I, I have I have poor spatial relations. This is true. Um, no, the the uh, the things that I had were I was close with my family, uh, even when I was you know teenage fighting with my dad. I always knew that my dad loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I I was put into therapy at a relatively young age, which is which I needed because, like I said, I'm neurotic. I've always been neurotic. Uh, even if I'd never been an actress, yeah. I, I, I still would have had obsessive compulsive disorder. I still would have needed, you know, somebody to kind of work with that. Uh, I, I had some, I had a lot of, my mother died when I was eight, but I had a lot of good substitute moms. You know, I had a lot of like strong women in my life who said like, this is, you know, do you want to be doing this? I had people checking in with me saying, do you want to be doing this? Do you not? And I did have like a really rough time in high school and in, and in middle school and, but I, I had friends, I had family, I was, I was grounded in those ways. And also, and this is probably most important, I didn't just want to be an actress. Mm. I didn't put everything on being an actress. In fact, I was kind of sick of it after a while. I liked being on stage. I thought that was fun. I loved the rush of, of being on stage, but I thought film acting was tedious. So, and, and you know, neurotic control freak that I am, I, I didn't like being told what to do all day. So I had other things. I think that what you know child actors should do is they should take stock of whether this is something they really do or don't want to do yeah and then if they don't walk away you know and and be sure to get an education be sure to to find something else and be sure to find things that nobody else in the world can take away from you you know because acting you have to depend upon other people to to hire you to produce things you know uh you have to have something like uh if if you like this is this is i think is like an awesome example uh uh sherry curry who was in the runaways she uh you know she acted and she did you know she was a she was a singer when she was like Mm -hmm. 14 but um what she does now is she's a chainsaw artist, <laughs> which I think is like badass. She carves things yeah. with a chainsaw. And 
And like, and and now like people like buy her sculptures to like put in front of their homes or to like sell at camps and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> she'll make like a carved bear. And I'm like, that is like a perfect example of like you doing something just like for yourself and on your own terms yeah. and your own interest. And that is somebody that like something that like nobody can take away from you. You know, I mean, like, I don't know how much of a of a market there are for like chainsaw carvings, but a ver- a, apparently enough there's to enough. Sustain her, yeah. There's enough to sustain her, and and that's the thing. You know, you need those things, and that's why, like, I, I mean, I have my I have my friends, I have my family, I have my cats, I have uh, I compulsively bake. I <laughs> you know, I've been getting into kickboxing lately. Like, you need your hobbies, you need your things. You know, it's it's. It's this, and I say this as somebody who has trouble like finding hobbies. You, but you need other things other than that to sustain you. You can't put it all on that. It, it's funny, and it, and and it sounds. I mean, obviously, on the face of it, it, sounds very simple to tell somebody like you know, basically figure out whether this is something you actually want to do. But it, but it's. I, I I suspect it's difficult from the standpoint of either your example or you know you know the runaway. She was a rock star of you well, know you it, telling someone that this isn't something I want to do, and everyone else is like well, you have to learn all the lessons that you weren't yeah. learning when when everybody else was. You know, yeah. I had I I had a my my. Uh, advisor i i went to public school for years and public school in in burbank california where a lot of people are child actors you know it's kind of it's it's not a weird thing to be a child actor mm-hmm. you'd always have like a bunch of kids come out from like michigan for pilot season yeah uh so i i wasn't so everybody was kind of okay there with uh with with it for a while but after a while i i just wasn't happy there and i ended up transferring to a school for the visual and performing arts and my advisor there, uh, it was a boarding school, and my advisor there said, you know, I think that I think that when everybody else was learning that it was okay to make mistakes, you were kind of learning the opposite. Hmm. And it's true. You know, when you're on a film set, it's all about getting that sh- shot perfect. So I, I needed to get things right on the first time, yeah. every time. So I was really afraid to do any kind of acting exercises and classes because people were going to be judging me. And I was really afraid to, to you know, I, and I had no, like, organizational skills. You know, I, I had no organizational skills on my own because somebody else was always managing my time for me and managing, you know, where I was supposed to be. And I was... I was spoiled by circumstance, you know, I didn't, I wasn't spoiled with material items, my parents still made me share a room with my little sister, and live this, like, middle class life, you know, but I, I definitely was, was spoiled by the circumstances that yeah. were around me, and, and so that's the thing, you really do need somebody to do, to do the, like, one day at a time with, thing with you, if you are a, if you are a young actress, you really do need somebody to, to show you this is what you've missed out on. Yeah. You know, you need structure in your life because your life is going to be tumultuous no matter what. So you need structure and you need guidance and you need tough love. I, I guess I'm, I'm saying that, it, that it's probably difficult to come to that decision from the standpoint of, um, you know, people on the outside, assuming that you're taking things for granted. Like this is, you know, um, this is a conversation I, at uh, my last job. I was running a staff of about like 30 people and I mm-hmm. had this conversation with them a lot that you um, ultimately at the end of the day, what you get to do for a living, you're, you're in a very good position. You know, you yeah. get to write about like that's very true, video yeah. games and, 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 and phones and all these other fun things. And there were a lot of people who would um, kill themselves, to put themselves in that position. Obviously, like you didn't have as much agency over that because you were 
put into that position or well, at least you were young i was i was yeah i was i was not i mean it was it was uh i did want to do it yeah but i was but how much agency you know? does one have as an eight-year-old well i mean i i had a lot i <laughs> think i think but at, at age five sure. you know I but mean, you don't know what you want in the same way that you know what no you, want you now. don't you well i mean i always knew i wanted to be a writer yeah that was the thing i i always knew i wanted to be hmm. one but yeah i think i think you do also need to realize how lucky you are yeah and and realize that all the time that there are people that would be you know that that this is something that I remind myself every day like I you know I quit my day job to work on my book and so right now I'm just freelancing and I every single day I'm like I am so incredibly lucky Mm. to have this and I'm so incredibly lucky to have the cushion that I had from when I was a child so that I can do this so that I can just be you know doing voiceover jobs and doing and and writing essays and writing my book I'm incredibly lucky is that actually is that actually something you think is it something you have to force yourself to think I know it is something I do with I do okay. think but I but I've always felt very guilty yeah and I always had people in my life telling me you re- need to realize how lucky you are yeah and I've I've no I've always felt that way I have so much guilt about yeah. about you know the what I've what I have and I and I think that's also why I I really try my hardest to promote other people that I think are great you know I always want to help other people that I whose work I really like who I think sort of speaks to a larger audience you know even if it's just retweeting people Mm. on Twitter and getting them I mean my friends call me the Twitter fairy godmother because I'm always I'm always I'm finding you know funny things or you know drawings or anything that they do and and retweeting that and sending it out to a larger audience because I do have this large audience I have this captive audience and like I'm creative, but I'm not as creative as a lot of my friends. Well, the, and the flip side of the cri- criticism thing that we were talking about before is that it's probably the best time to be a fan of things because, again, like yeah. you can you can seek out anything you could ever possibly want in the world. And it's it out really, there. it really is. You know, I mean, like, like I watched, uh, I watched the Americans last mm. night, which is, which is my favorite drama on TV. Is that part of your Soviet obsession? Oh God, yes, of course, <laughs> of course. I like as soon as I heard about that show, I was like. It was like it was like love at first sight. Yeah. Even before I'd watched it, I was like, "I am going to love you," and I did. <laughs> I did, and it's a really good drama. And um, I actually, yeah, I was tweeting with the the young actress in in it, uh, Holly Taylor, and she's great. I, I, uh, she she is somebody that I would like like to take out for tea, but she seems to have a good head on her shoulders already. So well, you know. maybe she could teach you a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, yeah. probably. Um, but we, but yeah, but like immediately after I watched the episode that was on, I. Uh, I like went to like the AV club and read their write up of it and went to see if like Emily Nussbaum had written anything about yeah. it and went to see, you know, and, and was, and there's like a podcast about it and, you know, and tweeted at people who were in the episode saying, you know, how, how amazing it was. And it's, there's this amazing interaction there, you yeah. know? It, it's, it, it must be strange though to, to kind of, you know, be a fan of things, you know, especially like having, attracted all these people early on in your career and now you're on like it must it must at, at the very least make you more grateful for what you had early oh yeah on. oh yeah totally i mean i mean there's no way that like i'm thinking to myself like is there any way that i like would have would yeah. have been able to meet lin-manuel miranda or you know john Dronell or you yeah. know any of these yeah. people without without having this past like i don't i don't think so and i I was I was frustrated with it. I took it for granted for a very long time, but I've I found that it it does mean. Well, I also just didn't want to be that person who's like signing autographs of herself as a child. Yeah. 
you know, when she's in her 40s. And I've seen people do that, yeah. you know? And and I, I also knew that being a former child star is like, it's one of the easiest, most acceptable targets out there. Sure. So I, I didn't want to be that. And I mean, I might have gone the other route. I know people refer to me as pretentious and insufferable a lot, which, you know, I, I, yes, I, I can be. That's part of being prominent on the internet, though. I think that's just how it goes. Yeah, there's always a backlash. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's always there's always that. Um, and, and uh and there's 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 always that but it's but it's um i don't know i mean i think that this is this is something that like i i am incredibly grateful for and i have been and like even in just the past few years i think like even since i started my blog i've i've come to you know accept it more and come to embrace it more because i feel like that's kind of that's that's what i need to do you know i don't want to be writing off those accomplishments forever i don't want to be one of those actresses who like you know, was in movies as a kid and now is like in Chicago on Broadway because they just need somebody to fill a part. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to be doing that, but I didn't. But I mean, I, I if I don't talk about it at all, then I'm seen as ungrateful. Did, did you did you ever I mean, you you went to to, to college. So did, did you ever actually just completely stop acting for a while? Um, I know you, you're, you know, you're doing like Night Vale, you're doing all these other projects. It's 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 acting. I stopped pursuing acting as a career. Mm -hmm. I stopped, and I would say that screen acting and film acting, you know, TV acting and film acting, I don't do those anymore. I mean, I I did a cameo on Broad City, but like... That was it was, that was an homage. You being a fan. Well, yeah, it was it was a it was me being a fan, yeah. and b it was an homage to Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. So it was it was me kind of you know it was it was a privilege and it was an inside joke. Yeah. So it, it was it was that, but uh, I stopped pursuing it. I would say I still do do voiceover. I mean, I've done voiceover commercials just in like the past month or so, mm. you know, and I've done, and uh, and I always would do voiceover, but voiceover I think is a very it's a very sort of heady kind of work. It's very much your imagination and you're in the booth and they're telling you what to do and there's a back and forth. And I, I really like that uh, as opposed to film where it's very much about your body language and the way that you look and the way that you pose, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, and, and there's definitely, there definitely was some like, you know, issues with looks. Like I know that I'm not, you know, I know that I'm not like, like, incredibly Hollywood gorgeous. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, it's not to say that I like, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I still get people like tweeting at me all the time telling me I'm cute and I'm like, thanks guys, but that's not what this is about. Yeah. It's a career thing. That's you know? also being a woman on the internet. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And, um, and it, I, I get it from all genders though. Um, but I, I, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I think that like, they're, they're, they're definitely standards, and they were standards that I didn't measure up to and I didn't want to measure yeah. up to, you know? I didn't want to have to have plastic surgery. I didn't want to have to, like, if I'm going to exercise every day, it's because I want to exercise every day, not because I, you know, want to be, you know, 100 pounds, which I'm not going to be, you know? And, and that's... And I didn't want that kind of scrutiny and the kind of the kind of scrutiny that goes with these things. And I'm not a glamorous person. I mean, I like wearing makeup, but I hate shopping. And it's just not the lifestyle for me. That's not the kind of people that I, I come from. You know, my mom, like, my mom worked, like, every nerdy – I'm sorry I overused the word nerd – like, every academic job there was. You know, my mom did like was a librarian, and she did this, and she did that. And, you know, my dad's an engineer, and we're very much just like – 
you know, let's go camping in the woods and like, you know, wear jeans and t-shirts mm-hmm. and sweaters everywhere. You know, I, I never saw my mother put on makeup. It's, and that's just, that's just, I, I'm, I'm not good at that. That's not, that's not my strengths. I think film sort of plays to all of the things that are not my strengths. <laughs> so, so, uh, I think I officially, I've been kind of, I don't know. It was, it was a sort of, it was a very prolonged breakup, I would say. Very prolonged breakup. Are we going to get back together again? Are we not? Am I going to rekindle the flame? Am I not? You know, and there are a few times that I tried, but like my heart was never really in it. And so what I tell people now is when I act, it's, it's with friends and it's with, you know, it's, it's with friends or it's passion projects, you know? And like, I tell people like, you can make, you can be at a bake sale and not run a bakery, you know? Or I, I have said to people, um, you can like having sex with people you love and trust and not be a sex worker. But, uh, yeah, people don't seem to like it when I say that. I guess it's either they, they find sex work demeaning or they don't or, – or they find that um, horphobic or something. Um, so so I've, I've stopped using that analogy because it seems to be problematic. Uh, but, but I do think it is kind of like you can, you can like something and have fun doing something and not have it be your career. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's not. I mean, I mean, um, I, I think I think that the, the the thing that probably a lot of people have trouble wrapping their heads around though is the fact that like you started at such a high level that. Well, yeah, but also like, but also like, it was a small pomp back then. But but we tend to think of um, of everyone working towards some sort of end, and that that end in the case of acting, for a lot of people is Hollywood movies. It is, it is, but I mean, I, I, I kind of, I kind of stumbled into it. But the thing is that, like, a successful actor is not a famous actor; they're a working sure. actor. But, but you know, it's, it's the same. You know, it's, it's a sort of the same thing. And like, to, to, to again, like, use a musical analogy. If you see, if somebody's in a successful rock band and um, they quit the band and they're off, you know, playing in like cafes because that's what they want to do, it's hard on some level to yeah. see like they just well, didn't make it or they weren't able to sustain that level of success. Well, totally. I feel like that's a that's a fallacious thing though because it's it's um it. I, I mean, I think it's a fallacy to assume that somebody is going to be big and then going to be big forever. Sure. You know? Or that they want to be. Or that they want to be big forever. I mean, like, like even, you know, even, even like the Beatles, like, yeah, you know what Paul's doing probably, mm-hmm. but like, you don't know, you might not necessarily know what Ringo's up to these days, you know, and they were the biggest band ever. You I know? do, but that's my own personal weird. Well, well, you're obsessions. weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I think about Ringo way too much. Bad example. <laughs> Um, um, Did you see the video where he's not signing autographs anymore? No. Oh, he's I, really not. No, I'll, oh, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll have to show this to you. This was like a few years back. He 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 posted this YouTube video online, and the YouTube video was it was basically like after this specific date, I am not signing any more autographs. Stop sending me your stuff. I just don't have time to send oh, all I did, autographs anymore. I think I did anymore. hear yeah. about that, and I and and honestly, I understand it. But yeah, I think that that's. That's you know you don't you don't always know the minutia and yeah. and that's the thing like the fame, or you think you do or you think you do but fame is not yeah fame is not it, it's it's not sustainable by its very nature yeah. it's it's you know you are in the spotlight and I think now there's there's much more there's much more opportunity for backlash you know it it doesn't work that way so regardless even if I had continued acting sure. like I still would be. I, 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 even if I had continued acting, it wouldn't have been the same way. You can't sustain these things for for that long. So, so let me ask you this: Are are you are you exactly where you'd want to be? Are you doing exactly what you? I mean, you've got a 
book coming out and you're working with all these really cool people. It, are you are you at that level? Are you happy where you are professionally? I'm very close to it. Yes, yeah. I'm very close to very it. Very close. I, so what does that mean? What, what's I, left? What well, mountains are left to climb? I mean, I think that there are, there are still things like, I mean, I think about my death like every single day. Well, sure, multiple times a day. Probably part of being Jewish. Yeah, it is. But but <laughs> and and part of having experienced death at a young age. I yeah. think about how I will die every time I get into a car. Every time I get into a subway. Uh, every time I'm walking down a steep set of stairs, mm-hmm. anytime I walk on ice, anytime I I think about death way more than anybody would think. Do you do you do you fall over a lot? Are you a clumsy person? I'm very clumsy. Okay. I'm right. very clumsy. And and uh, my I was doing a show in at a San Francisco Sketch Fest a few months ago, and my sister was with me. Uh, she lives in she lives in California. She lives out there, and I was trying to put on an earring, and I was doing it over the sink, and my sister ran over and said, "Don't do that." And I was like, why? And she like put her hands underneath yeah. me. She said, because you're clumsy. Yeah. And my sister is like five foot six and all arms and legs. Yeah. So when she's telling me that, that I'm clumsy, that's saying something. You have a low center of gravity. You should be I okay. Did, I mean, <laughs> you would think so, but no, I'm, I'm perpetually covered in bruises. I'm always tripping over the cat. Yeah. Um, Maybe being closer to the ground is a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm also very afraid of falling, which <laughs> is very funny because there's not far to fall. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very short. People usually think that I'm taller than I am. I think I think maybe it's my voice because I've had this like you know contralto since I was twelve, um, uh, and 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 also that I'm I'm I can be very snide online uh, and very angry, and I think they assume that that any any woman who with a low voice who's very uh, who who says you know commanding intimidating things is probably going to be tall, but no. Um, it's interesting that we that we associate intimidation with with height. Uh, but anyway, what I was going to say we is that yeah, we're talking about death. Anyway, it always comes back to death. Um, I've been thinking now, like since I wrote a book, like, and I still feel like this is this is you know this is my first book. This mm-hmm. isn't. I'm I'm not saying everything I want to say in this book, and this book is not going to be perfect because because nothing is, and because I'm still figuring out how to be a good writer. I'm still yeah. I'm still figuring that out. You know, I haven't been. I'm not as experienced as a writer as a lot of my friends, and but now that I have a book out, I feel a little bit like okay, well, if I die, at least I made something. You know. That's that's honestly yeah. how I feel. Like I have something that outlives me. And I mean, I had a friend say to me once, a, an actress friend. She said, "You've been immortalized on film, and I kind of hate you for it." Yeah, the was was I mean, did you just were you just kind of like waiting for the right subject to come along to to write a book about? I mean, I, mean, how- I always knew that I was going to write a book about my yeah. my childhood okay. and my past because. I knew that there was a wealth of material there and I knew that I wanted to be a writer. And so I knew that that was, and I, I also knew that a lot of child actors, what do they do? They grow up and they write a memoir, you yeah. know, and it's, it's sort of, that would be a reason not a to do it though. Right. It would be. And well, and that's why I didn't do it. Yeah. Like that's why when I, that's why I spent like most of my early twenties trying to write like kids books and young adult books mm. and plays and, and you know, and sitcoms. And I had all these things. I, I, used to say that I had so many ideas, so many that were non-viable. I, you know, oh God, I, I, I actually said once, I've got 99 ideas, but a pitch ain't one. And um, that was really bad. And then Jay-Z used it in a song after uh, that. No, it was, that was, that was, <laughs> oh, that was, that was, you know, that was mm-hmm. me trying to make a Jay-Z joke yep. and desperately failing as a, you know, 23-year-old white girl. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I had so many ideas and I was pitching these things and I was working on a young adult book and I was actually pretty far along in mm-hmm. it. And then I, I got asked if I would write an article for Cracked about being a child star. 
And I was like, yeah, sure. And, you know. and the thing I love that it was crack that changed your life. I, I love cracked. I really do. Like I, the thing about, you know, I've had people like be like, oh, cracked. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, they pay and they sure. pay better than many, many other sites yeah. that I've ever written for. Um, also, they were very respectful for me, very kind to me, very much wanted to work with me and were very helpful and gave great feedback. And they were one of the best outlets that I have ever worked with. Were you really? The, they, they, they asked you to do that and you were like right away. You're like, yeah, that's totally something I'll write about. I mean, um, well, I was like, I could write about this, 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 or I could write about the elephant in the room. Sure. And the thing is, I do have a lot of like, I remember a few years ago, Slate was talking about the child star, you know, life, I think after maybe Jonathan Brandis died. Mm-hmm. And my brother was saying to me, why don't you write something for for Slate? You know, you should pitch them something. But at the time, I was too scared. But And I was, I was, I was like, I don't know if I could do something for Slate. But yeah. the thing is, Cracked came along, and Cracked has a format. You know, it's, it's the it's Listicle. a listicles. Yeah. It's a listicles. But I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't look down on that because I think that people do, do, they do look at it that way. And I think that a lot of Cracked's articles are really interestingly written and and put in a way that's, you know, that's accessible. It's also, I mean, it's also helpful, and I suspect that this is probably the case with the book, because the book is a collection of essays, yeah. right? Um, Stories, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I'm short, you know, it's not like an overarching... Well, yeah, totally, yeah. and so that's the thing. So it was good for me, because I, and I also like structure, you yeah, know, exactly. because yeah. uh, I, I, so I, I just wrote this thing to fit their format, and it, it did, and I think that this was one of the first times that like that like people looked at something that was written from a child star and it was on this site that's you know that's like it's a popular comedy site but it was it was uh it, it was one of the first times i think that they probably saw a child star writing for themselves mm. in a way that was uh that was self-aware but not necessarily self-pitying you know, because I, I tried not to be because I've had a lot of great opportunities, you know, and and at least there I, I was, you know, I, I but I wrote about like the, the, the bad shit that happens to us. And uh, and I, I think that people were like, oh, oh, hey, she can actually kind of write and yeah. she can actually. And that was yeah, that that article, that article did change my life. Yeah, it won, and, and the fact that um, I mean, I, I I don't don't know your history super well, but I, it sounds like you don't have those kind of like I don't mean, when 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 people are looking to read that stuff when it's more of like a tabloid format and it's formal former child stars. Like, it's salacious. We're yeah. looking for the coke stories, right? We're looking yeah, for the totally. crazy, and 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 yours is uh, going to end up being a little more grounded, you know, on the strength of the fact that like you didn't lead as crazy of a post-child star life as a No, I didn't. I, I always say my self-destructive streak is not the fun kind. Mm. You know, I'm, I've, I've it's never... It's on the inside. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the, yeah. it's the, oh God, I'm not going to get out of bed today kind of, mm. kind of way, you know, does everybody hate me kind of way. It's not, it's not, you know, coke and ecstasy. Um, I've, I've never done either of those. Um, I've never done most drugs and it's, uh, it's... Might, maybe you think fewer people hated you if you're on ecstasy more of the time i mean i mean i if i if i did like lighten up a little bit i mean i know like if i have like a glass of wine and i tweet like people people tend to like the things that i say yeah. but it's mostly because i'm just like i love tears for fears man yeah um yeah uh but there's they uh, are great right they're very underrated they these are. days they're yeah. very underrated they're very underrated um don't get me started on uh, on the gary jules cover of mad world though that makes me angry um but yeah there's there's uh they do want the I feel salacious like you might have details. A lot of thoughts about Donnie Darko. 
Oh, I have many <laughs> thoughts. Well, that's another thing. I did something for AV Club about Donnie Darko yeah. because I got the script and uh, I read it while I was I was really really sick and I, I was really sick and I hadn't slept in three days and so I'm still not sh- like I wasn't sure until I actually saw the movie you know five years later what ex- was in the script what, was. what was in the script and yeah. what was in my head and honestly my version was a way scarier it's a very str- it's a really strange movie too because if you look at everything else the director has done like Nothing. I mean, it, I, I don't know if Dundee Darko holds up. I haven't seen it since it I came out. I watched it the other day, and it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. It's he's he's the broiest bro. <laughs> he told, well, that's you know, it's funny. Like I, I I remember like I a friend of mine interviewed him like not super long after the movie came out, and he's like, yeah, I think that's he just had one in him. Yeah, you know, and some people do. Yeah. I mean, maybe I did. Maybe I'm going to be remembered forever for for you know for Matilda, and you know, there are worse things to be remembered sure. for. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that they, they, people aren't used to seeing it. And I think also some people are kind of, are probably going to be disappointed because they want salacious details and, you know, they want to hear me about like, they want to hear about me like, you know, sleeping around and doing drugs and stuff, but there's not a lot of that, you know, like nobody's going to be. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I people are going to be like, "Oh, she dated a guy in IT. That's exciting." You know, nobody's nobody's going to be and and um, and that's the thing. Like, I think in my in in my book, there are stories about, and a lot of this, I think, is the reason. I, I think a lot of the, another reason why I haven't done these things is because I didn't feel like I could because I always felt like somebody was watching me. Hmm. My friend uh, Lisa Jones, who uh, was Lisa Jacobs, she was my she played my older sister in Mrs. Doubtfire. She wrote this amazing blog post on her blog when uh, the NSA thing came out. You know, they oh my god, they're spying on us. And what she said is, is anybody surprised by this? Yeah, you guys. Some of us have lived our lives knowing that we were watched. Yeah. You know, it's a very and I do think it is it is kind of a privileged thing to say, like you didn't think you were being watched. And I, I mean, and, and, like and ask, I also, and ask I, anybody who's, you know, yeah. And, and I hate and I hate saying this is like an equally dick comment, but like, do you think anything you're doing is really that interesting? <laughs> That's true. That's true, you know? And I remember like like I would I would go on like I would I I would go on forums and stuff and I would read I would read things and like somebody would post about me yeah. and I would get really upset and depressed and I remember that happening to me in college a lot is I would like I spent way too much time on the internet and inevitably on like every every forum or something there was always a where is she now kind of bullshit yeah. And I remember and that like, stuff is everywhere now. That stuff is it at is, the bottom it's, of every article. Well, I'm amazed at like the things they they, they say that I'm dead, that I've ruined my face with plastic surgery, <laughs> that um, that I quit for a like sad traumatic reason, that I'm that I'm uh, hideous, that I'm pretty, that I'm Muslim, that I'm I'm you know you married can, with children, you that multitudes. I'm, yeah, it, like all of these things, and I'm like, I have no idea where they got it. Yeah. And like they made it up. The yeah, answer. they they did, but but it's just it's just really funny to see me like photoshopped into a hijab or like me with like a picture of like somebody who's had plastic surgery who's who's very clearly not me. You know, does it even feel surreal anymore at this point? Because you've been dealing it with. with it's just annoying. Yeah. It's just annoying. I mean, I mean, in a way, I guess it's it's. I mean, my book is called Where Am I Now? Yeah. So you know, that's that's yeah. that's good publicity in a way, but it's just kind of like. Dude, guys, my my face is not for you to make money off of. You know, it feels a bit 
it feels a bit frustrating. Although, I mean, I do think it's cool that, like, the photographer who took those photos of me is now getting her stuff, you know, put up all over the internet. I really wish that they'd give her credit. Yeah, Yeah, I wish they'd give her credit. Um, Nobody's seeking her out because they. I should, you know, I should, I should, like, yeah, I should, I should, like, confront them about that. Actually, Um, but yeah, but no, it's it's uh, it just it's just annoying, really. but yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that you do, I, I, I talked to, and I remember talking to somebody, talking to like one of the teachers at my school about it, and he said, okay, but Mar, you've got to realize like, like the government probably knows everything about us right now, yeah. you know, people were being tracked, like they know what kind of porn we like, they're not, there's not a lot of privacy out there anymore, and I think you kind of just have to embrace it, and, and I was like, yeah, okay, and so maybe it is like, I have sort of lived a life that is um, that that where I haven't done things in public that I didn't want other people to see, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a reason that I don't tweet about the places that I go and I don't, yeah, you I, know, I, I think we all try to behave ourselves reasonably in public, but I've been doing well. Yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah. and, and I've been doing that. I feel like I've been doing that in in a for a long time, you know, yeah. and I was at a I was at a party in college. I would duck out of the way when somebody took a picture, even if I was over 21. But there, I mean, you know? yeah, and you're right. And there is a sense like especially like, you know, like living in New York that I could, you know, I, I will never see any of those people again. They have no idea who I am. So I can probably get away with a lot more than. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, and that's the thing. That's yeah. that's never that's never been my life people there there will always be one person who at least will think i'm familiar and i've started i've actually started to have people like contact me now say things like um and say things like uh like you were rude to me once in high school or something like that and i'm like oh my god i'm really sorry yeah but then i've also had people say like nice things like uh when i when i um when i uh asked you know when i contacted uh alana and abby from broad city Alana said to me, Mara, I think we, we over, like our times at NYU overlapped. And once we were in an elevator at, uh, at Tish, at Tish School of the Arts, and uh, I really needed chapstick and you offered me some. <laughs> it's so funny, like everybody, everybody remembers all the minutia. You, and you, do, you just, yeah. you live your life. Yeah. And so, and so there's like, like, uh, like, uh, it's really funny. That Joseph, was really nice of you though, by the way. I I really try to be a nice person and like every time I meet a fan I try to like I look at them and I like try to find something about them that I like also chapstick is a very intimate thing you know like yeah to give that to a stranger I actually had I actually had somebody uh, tweet this thing at me once and this is like the the probably one of like the dirtiest things I've retweeted or she says you can tell a lot about uh, a man like how a man is in bed uh, by giving him one of those chapstick things that you have to dip your finger into. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that is, that is amazing. It, it chapstick is, it, it's a weirdly intimate thing. Um, and I'm germaphobe, so I'm actually kind of surprised that I did that. Uh, but it was, but that was nice of past me to do. Um, yeah, I think that there's, uh, I think that there's, there's definitely like, I, I try to always be really nice and kind to people, people who are asking for autographs, doing these things. Also, like, I just believe in being a decent person, you know? Yeah. I think that, that you know, like, I I know, like, I've always said, like, my a lot of my closest friends and, like, the people I date, I always say, like, I date Hufflepuffs. Like, I like I like the nice, upbeat, laid-back, loyal kind of type, types of people. I And that's not what I am by nature. Yeah. But it's it's something that I'm drawn to and it's something that I admire. And I try to be nice and positive because I think, you know, I'm I think I spent I spent, you know, my teenage years being cynical and I just tell it like it is. And that made me incredibly unhappy. And 
that's not the way that the world works. You know, you have to be civil with each other for anything to work, you know, for anything to. Yes, of course, there's a time and a place for, you know, civil disobedience and, and, you know, and telling people exactly what's wrong with them. But I think that nothing ever gets done if you with with unconstructive criticism, you know, destructive criticism, I should say. It, it is interesting that that sort of being in the public eye has, has made you more mindful in a sense. I mean, you could you could go in completely the opposite well, way. Well, yeah, my um, my my grandfather always told me the story that he and my mom met uh, met. Um, it was Ray Bolger who played the mm. the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz, like on the streets of Chicago once mm. when she was a little girl. And he was so nice to her. And that like yeah. really made me happy because I think I kind of had a crush on the Scarecrow. Um, and and I, there's a lot to extrapolate there. There is. But well, no, he was he was this, he was the sweet one, you know. Yeah. And and like I said, like my favorite characters in films and movie and TV are always like the the really earnest ones. They don't always have a brain. But well, I, I mean, I, I overthink everything. So maybe there's sort of a corollary there. There, you know, but, but it's one of those things but, where it's, it could have, it, like, he could have been, just been having yeah, a bad day, and yeah. then that would have and, colored and their opinion of him forever. Well, that's that's the thing, and they and my grandfather, you know, my grandfather like worked in worked in like PR and stuff. He said to him, "Why are you so nice? How are you so <laughs> so like like? Why are yeah. you like like this?" And he was so good with my mom, who was a little girl at the time, and he said, "I can't afford not to be." Hmm. Yeah, which I think is is something that you know to take to heart. Also, I think when you're like. Like uh, like Josh Gondelman is a comedian that I know that he he has a reputation for being the kindest person ever because he is the kindest person ever. He is very, very funny and he will text you things just randomly being like, hey, pal, hope you're having a good day. Let's get pizza. Do you want to come over and have wine with me and my fiance and pet the dog? Like, it's just the nicest things. And he's just genuine like that. But like. Every now and then when I like send something to him and say like, hey, Josh, can you take a look at this essay for me? Like, I really, really take to heart if he says, I don't really understand why you did this. Yeah. Because he's so nice that, like, anything even remotely critical from him sticks. I find, and this is a more reflection on me than anything else, I find that, especially the first time I meet them, I am very distrustful of people who are that nice all the time. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think I'm distrustful of people in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it just, yeah. but it seems like if, you know, yeah. it's like, at least if you're an asshole, it's like, you know, I, that's, that, that's probably just who you are. If you're, if you're being that nice, like you must want something in return. I mean, I'm trying to get better about it. And I, I know that's me and not the, the rest of the world. But. Yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do think that that's, that's true. I, but I think like you have to be like a lot of people are just kind of like be wary. I don't know. That's another thing that I think, yeah. like having met a lot of people, I found that I'm good at having instincts about them mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to listen to those instincts more because there are things where I'm just like oh hey this guy said something that was kind of rude yeah. and then later on it's like oh this guy says things that are really rude all the time yeah. I don't have a good feeling about this you know there, you need I, I think that you I don't know the more that you meet people the more that you kind of and I mean I, I definitely like type people into groups and I know that I shouldn't like oh you're this kind of person you're you're this fangirl type you're this this type you know this is where you get like the joy out of your life from you get it from these specific things I definitely type people and I think that's well, it's not fair the, but... uh, the other side of that is that between you know you're you're a lot, in a lot of cases confessional writing and the fact that you know you've been in the public eye since you were a kid like I assume that people assume that they know who you are the first yeah. time they meet you. Well, that's the thing that I... And this is the thing that I'm sort of getting to appreciate about myself is that um, is that there are things that people don't know about me. 
And I used to be like really bad at keeping secrets. I was always the type that would blurt something out really <laughs> nervously. And I still do kind of do that to an extent. But the past two years, like I've really gotten a kick out of keeping things to myself. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I told the whole internet, but like even just telling friends, you know, like only a few friends knew I was going to be on Broad City. Mm. And um, and uh, when is this going to air? This uh, is- I don't have it exactly. Okay, because if it's if it's we can well, hold it, we can run it whenever. Well, yeah, because I, let me know I, we'll I um, I'm also going to be I'm also involved in the next season of BoJack Horseman, but I can't say in what capacity. Okay. Uh, and I've I've been mostly keeping that a secret too, and okay. it's coming up this summer. Um, or, this will air or, before that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's and I've been keeping that a secret too, and. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's there's value in this. And I think yeah. that that's something that people kind of need to rediscover Yeah, is is the value in secrecy, even just for yourself, you know? It, it, it's interesting, too, that everyone – I mean, you know, you've, you've led an interesting enough life that obviously people would be interested in stories about your life and things that you have to say. But um, everybody does – seem to automatically assume that everybody else is interested in the things that they have to say. Yeah, and that's something that I feel like you need to watch in yourself, and it's something that I really try to watch in myself a lot. And and it kind of hurts when every now and then people are like, uh, when when people even like just tweet at me saying like, why are you talking about this? Mm. Nobody cares. Yeah. And I'm like, well, obviously the 200 people who, you know, favored it and, you know, the 20 people who retweeted it did. And the people responding know? to it to tell you how much they don't care about it have some sort of well, that's the thing. In it. Yeah. Like, like I, I, you know, I, I think something I wrote was on, was on like Buzzfeed was just like, was, was uh, posting something that was just uh, about like funniest tweets about my funniest, my funniest yeah, yeah. tweet. I mean, I can't, I can't get down on Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed has been really nice to me and, and they do some really interesting long form stuff and also there's there aren't very many outlets out there for it and I have so many friends who work at BuzzFeed mm-hmm. so I, I I'm sorry I can't but they were the, aggregating tweets or yeah but it yeah. was still putting all these things in a, in a place where they could easily be accessed I yeah. mean how's that different than Favestar you know and and so and so um and so there's God, she's so cute. The the rabbit, she's so cute. <laughs> um yeah but there's so there's totally there's totally um there's totally like the, the there were you know these this, these website there's the uh, sorry I got distracted again so she Buzzfeed does, does this that. thing yeah it's a, it's it's a, there's a, a cute furry has. thing there's yeah. a cute furry thing and she has one little mark that looks like a raised eyebrow and it's adorable um, so anyway she um, they <laughs> wrote this thing that was you know my my funniest tweets and like people were sharing it but some people were like sharing it ironically because they hate me. <laughs> And I was Sorry. like, but you're still sharing it, guys. Yeah. Like you if, if you you still I mean, I'm not sure what they object to specifically about me if they just find me annoying, which is sort of a catch all term, you know, and I think that what you find annoying, honestly, says more about you than it does about me, you know, yeah. or it says what you find annoying says way more about you than the actual thing it's that you so find easy annoying. To tune things out on the Internet. It's so easy to just not subscribe to feeds and to just not yeah. see things and to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Like like I mean, I had to I had to, you know, I used to follow Aaron Carter on Twitter because I felt like. I needed to like tell him sometimes what to do <laughs> as like a child star. I was, you know, because he's, he is just, this, he's, his, you know, his brother was in the Backstreet Boys and he, the things that he tweets about, I'm like, oh my God, you are a yeah. classic child star, you know. Is he in like disorder? 
He just he just does all these things. He recently wrote about supporting Trump, and then he wrote they the interview with him. He said that he supported him, and he wrote this thing about like how he used to be bankrupt, but he's not anymore. And I guess Aaron Carter, you know, relates to Trump in that aspect. And I tweeted him saying, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares how much money you did or didn't make. You were thinking about the wrong things. But I, I just eventually I was unfollowed him because I was like, I can't I can't do this. Like, I can't do the ironic thing anymore. I think that you need to just kind of you need to just unfollow your hate follows because it's so easy to hate. And I know because I've done it. I've I've been that angry person and I've been that, you know, knee jerk irony, you know. And, and yeah, I read I read the articles about Gwyneth Paltrow doing these things. And I and I read the articles about Blake Lively having a lifestyle brand, even though she's from my goddamn hometown, you know, and she went to the Mervins and the Donut Hut like <laughs> all of us. You know, she didn't grow up on a plantation or whatever. Like, like. I, I read that and it's I and I'm like, but I can't I can't hate you. I don't know you as a person. Yeah. I can't I can't do that anymore. And I think also having people do that to me a lot has made me more reflective. Yeah, because I'm sure there are things about me worth hating, but like I don't think that people have gotten to know me well enough to do that. You know. There you go. That was Mara Wilson. Thanks so much to her for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks, sir, for actually coming all the way out to to my apartment to record that conversation. Not. Uh, not too many past RIL guests have, have, have darkened our door. Uh, really enjoyed that talk. And it's one of those things I wasn't 100% sure in, in the lead up to it, you know, how much, um, how much she wanted to, to, to discuss her past. Um, and, you know, it sounds, it sounds super shady when I describe it like that. But, you know, she's, she, she, had, uh, she had a career. She, uh, you know, she was in a lot of high-profile roles. And, you know, has, has since reinvented herself as a writer. You can check out her work on, uh, on her Twitter feed. It's Mara Writes Stuff. Uh, but she's, you know, she's processed it. She's, she's, she's revisiting it and, you know, obviously is adding a lot of uh, very, very interesting insights into what is a, a pretty, pretty unique pretty unique uh, position as far as those things go. Uh, she's got a new book on the subject coming out in September. It's called Where Am I Now? You can uh, eh, just go to her, her Twitter account. There's a, there's a link right in her bio to check that out. Uh, thanks again to her for taking the time to do that. Uh, thanks to Heidi for, for setting that up. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for editing the show together. Uh, if you like the show, if you enjoyed what you heard, I highly recommend that you support us over on Patreon. Uh, we are not... Uh, we're, we're not running any ads right now. Uh, we have not asked for money in the past, but uh, it would really help us out in terms of, of you know, hosting fees and, and making sure that the, that our editor gets paid. Uh, you can also support us by going to uh, iTunes and rating us over there. Uh, some horrible human being just gave us one star. Is apparently apparently not a fan of the show, so we've been knocked down to four point five stars. And quite frankly, I've been losing uh, losing a lot of sleep over the matter. So. Uh, uh, boost us back up to five if you can if you've got any feedback um, rather than leaving a one star review why not just send us a, an, an angry hateful email it's rawildcast at gmail.com you can follow us on tumblr that is the person best place to get all of your riyl related information that's riwildcast.tumblr.com uh, like us on facebook I think that's about all I got so stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL. Mm-hmm.